Moncrief on News Talk. Oh, wait, 7 106 is our WhatsApp number. It is indeed time for parenting once again. And once again, we are joined by Joanna Fortune. Afternoon, Joanna. Good afternoon, Sean. How are you? Not too bad. Here's your first question. My daughter is very health conscious recently. It started during COVID, but it hasn't improved since the pandemic ended. If anything, she's got more tense. When we went on holidays last summer, she insisted on wearing a mask on the plane. And over the Christmas, she was very agitated when we didn't have hand sanitizer in the house for all the visitors coming. Her grandmother lives with us, who's quite old. She also has some underlying health conditions, which we must be extra conscious of. We've tried to explain that she doesn't have to worry like Granny. Her behaviour is becoming obsessive. We can't throw out all precautions in our house because we live with someone vulnerable. But I would like to show her that everything will be fine if she doesn't stick to the rules that she'd set herself. I don't know about you, Sean, but this one is a bit confusing for me. So I I don't know how old this child is, but I can imagine it's a little confusing as well, because there is a mixed message here. You're concerned that the child's behaviour is becoming obsessive, but you also are upholding yourselves and clearly conveying to her that you can't throw all precautions out because you live with somebody vulnerable. And when you say, you know, that she's concerned about, you know, she's taking these precautions because she's concerned about her grandmother, for me, that's providing a context to her behaviours. And it's a very real context that you also understand. So I, I think, you know, when you say, this parent says here, you know, we've tried to explain she doesn't have to worry like granny. I find myself wondering if it's a case that she's worried about granny mm. rather than like granny because you know the you know the fact that she insisted on wearing a mask on the airplane and using sanitizer these are not bad ideas you know these are good ideas and traveling wearing a mask on a plane is not something you could say gosh that's over the top you know it's actually a really good suggestion. So I think you know I wouldn't fight with her on that if she wants to wear a mask while traveling on a plane I would say fine if she wants everybody to make sure they're using sanitizer. Now, not if it's constant throughout the day and that's a worry. But based on what you're saying, that isn't how it's sounding. But if you want, if you have hand sanitizer in the house for anybody coming in because you live with someone vulnerable, that wouldn't be a cause for concern for me. That would make sense. So I suppose with this one, I think while there is reason for her to worry, you might you might be saying, look, I think she there's reason to be worried, but it's over and above. If that's the case, then sit down with her. Again, I don't know how old she is, but sit with her and let her know that you're, you know, that you think the worry about sickness is taking over from the fun side of life. Mm. If that's the case, you know, so just say to her, look, I know we're worried about granny. We all do. And we do take precautions. We have sanitizer. We do what we need to do. But, you know, I think it's getting too big for you and it's taking over from the fun side. And if she agrees or if she's like, no, 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 we should all be super worried or whatever it might be. It might be that if you talk with her about it and say that you can help her with that or that she might benefit at this stage, given, you know, we're now, quote unquote, living with COVID in the world, that she might benefit from someone to talk to who could help balance some of those worries out so that she can really 
understand that there is precautions for granny, but it doesn't need to consume her. So it's a little bit of both in this answer. I hope I'm making sense on that. Mm. You know that there's reason for her to be health conscious. But if this parent is listening and saying, no, no, it's way more than that. It's over and above level. Then, yes, at this stage, I would consider a play based therapist again, especially if she's, you know, a young child especially under 12, I'd be having somebody who could do more symbolic kind of play based work. So it's not sitting and talking about worry, but it's working it through in the doing rather than saying way. In the meantime, because I say that and I'm super aware of how long public and private wait lists are for something like that. At home, I would have her engage in increased sensory play. So, you know, getting her into basins of water, playing with kinetic sand. And again, if you don't have kinetic sand, you can make something very similar to it by using castor sugar with a bit of poster paint and just put a lid on a box and give it a good old shake. And it gives you that grainy color piece stick together that gives her that sensory experience of touching that. Um, I think I would like her doing, I, I think I've mentioned it before, but I'll say it again, like the ice cube take her out of her head into her body. I always hide um, Lego, little Lego blocks in mine um, and I make ice in the ice cube. She holds one cube in each hand, submerges her hands into a basin of warm, not hot, just barely warm water. And she waits for the ice to melt. She gets the two blocks when it does. And she gradually over a week adds blocks to that and can build something. The ice is giving her that cold sensory experience on her skin, then her skin contrasting in the warm water. And she has to just sit, wait and downward regulate, calm down in herself. And it could help take her out of a busy, anxious brain if that's what's going on here. So any kind of messy, sensory, tactile, slime, sand, water, bubbles, Play-Doh, anything like that is the type of play I would be leaning into. And lots of it, regardless of how old she is, lots of it. Yeah. Uh, I suppose it's difficult to find what the balance is, what might be. Yeah. Uh, kind of slightly obsessive behaviour and what's, you know, perfectly reasonable and healthy. It really is. And I think, gosh, you know, not just for children, that's true of so many of us, because, you know, if when you have a relative and we've been our children have also had years of us telling them to be careful wash your hands do your sanitizer that doesn't just go away because we've said oh we don't need to be as focused on that I mean plenty of us might counter argue by the way Sean that we do need to still be washing our hands and sanitizing and all of that Mm. but I think it's okay that lots of children have held on to that need for oh my hands better wash them let's do sanitizer and it's not a bad thing You know, especially not in this time of year when there are so many bugs and viruses going out around there that it's hard to say to her, oh, you don't need to do that when you're also then going to go. But actually, it would be nice if you did a bit of it because there's an awful flu going around the school right now or whatever it might be. Mm. So I think you've got to find a way that give her something. You're right. It is sensible to wear a mask on a plane. You're right. We should have sanitizer in the house over Christmas when we've got lots of people coming in and out. Give her the things she's right on. And then you can gently challenge. We don't need to do sanitizer every half hour or whatever it might be. So give her some things and then qualify it downwards. Yes, we have it, but here's how we're going to use it. 
My 10-year-old daughter has a hearing aid. She's had it for most of her life and since getting it, her life has changed. When she was younger, it never seemed to bother her. In fact, she would often show it off and brag about it. However, recently she's getting really conscious of it and once or twice has taken it out when we were at events or busy places. She needs it to hear and she doesn't really have a choice whether to wear it or not. I don't know if someone has said something to her about it. I really need to get her to be comfortable with wearing it again. But I understand when you're a young girl, something like this can seem so vast. Are there any TV shows, books or movies Joanna would recommend showing my daughter to help her build confidence? And how do I explain to her that it's okay to wear it? It's funny, I had cause a few months ago now to look up some books that have much more and TV shows that deal with issues like this. So I had a few off the top of my head as Mm. you're reading that, which is no harm. But I would say with any of these... I mean, there is literally a book for everything out there. I think as a parent, ask your library to get a couple of these in for you so that you can go and read them yourself. Get familiar with what would suit her. She's 10 years old. A lot of the books when I did look into this a while back were really aimed at younger children. So you might have to look up a bit for older ones. For example, for toys, Lottie dolls have a a little doll character. It's Mia, the photographer photographer doll, and she wears a hearing aid. And I think a toy like that can be a very inclusive image to have. And if you're like, oh, she's 10, she doesn't play with dolls, it can still be a nice doll to have sitting on a shelf in a room, even if she's not playing with it Mm. the way others do. It's a nice representation item. I remember as well, um, Sean, Toy Story Four. I'm pretty sure it's Toy Story 4. They have an, a clip of a preschool class that shows a child wearing a cochlear implant in it. Yeah, yeah. And it's when you see it, little scenes like that in shows that you can pause and draw attention to and say, oh, look, that kid has whatever it might be. That can be very helpful. Um I think as well with books, there are a number of really nice ones, some very specific to hearing aids or hearing impairment, some, you know, not so much that specific. There's one, again, I think it's it depends on your 10-year-old. It might be a little young. It's called Some Fairies Wear Hearing Aids. It's by Penny Gill. Um, there's also uh, one that is always recommended. It's actually written by a young person who has grown up wearing a hearing aid themselves. It's called El Defo, and it's by C.C. Bell. It's a graphic novel that this young person has written about themselves and their own journey. But it often comes highly recommended, actually, um, when looking up books on this topic. And there's a book called... Um, Addie's Race by Debbie Waldman, which I think is, again, not directly about this, but the issue features in it. But I think beyond just thinking about hearing aids and representation that way, there's something about building confidence. And there is a lovely book by Kathy Howe, Ella on the Outside. And it's, in, I mean, Kath Howe has written loads of books. She, I think, was a teacher. So really comes at this from issues that have come up in the classroom, how children speak about things. And these are books that really show about all you're capable of, everything about confidence and self-esteem. So there's quite a nice message in that one. The other thing, though, aside from books, toys, representation, I think there's more in this around looking at when this parent says, I don't know if someone has said something to her, ask her what has changed to make her feel less comfortable wearing her hearing aids. Remind her she was very comfortable wearing them and you're curious, has something changed about that? Try to get her talking about it, but be aware that at 10 years old, 
developmentally, she has become much more aware of what others are thinking of her and moreover, what she thinks others are thinking of her. So the children in her classroom, who I assume have been with her for a number of years and are used to her wearing a hearing aid, They may not necessarily have said something, but she may have become much more self-conscious that I'm not the same as everyone else. Nobody else is wearing this. I want to fit in and be like everyone else. That's very normal at 10, 11, 12 years old, that age group just coming into that preteen stage. So again, just talking to her about how this helps her to fit in and be part of the group because she can hear as well as everybody else when she's wearing it. So a small reframing of it, but reminding her that this is what actually does help her participate in everything the way everyone else does. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, there is now. There is a TV show. Uh, it's one of those Marvel yokies called Echo, and uh, the main actor in it is deaf. And half the oh, okay. half, half the show is 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 in sign language actually with subtitles. Uh, no, it's fantastic. It's yeah. super violent and not uh, not uh, appropriate for go. a ten year old. But it just showed <laughs> that uh, those kind of shows are are being made. Uh, I have I recently found porn in the search history of my son's iPad. He's twelve. And I knew this day was coming. Over the weekend, I planned on sitting down with my son and having a chat about what I found in a non-confrontational way. However, when I did, he told me that his friends put it on his iPad, joking. And he says when he saw it, he turned it off straight away. I might sound a bit naive, but I do believe him. However, this evening, uh, this has got me thinking that I do have to have a conversation about porn, but I don't want him to think I'm accusing him of watching it, which he says he didn't. Would you have any advice as to what kind of conversation to have with my son? Because I want to educate him on these kinds of things, but I don't want him to think I'm accusing him of watching pornography when he says he didn't. Oh, OK. <laughs> I mean, the, the, whether he put it there or his friends put it there, you know, I'm not getting into that. I, mm. I would also err on the side of if you believe him, I believe him. There's no reason not to. So there's two points to that. Why did his friends have access to his device and just making him aware that he needs to be very careful around that and who he gives access to his device to, especially if they're going to put this material on. If they are friends that you know and they have put pornography onto his iPad or whatever it is, you may have to inform their parents that they're accessing pornography as Mm. well, or you might feel like that's a good idea. So that's kind of one part of this. The other part is that he has seen the pornography, no matter how it got there. So because he has seen it, he is aware of it. So absolutely a conversation is needed and needed now in the now. You don't have don't kick this down the road for six months, but bring it up because when he says to you, I saw it and I turned it off straight away, I want to know how that was for him. Did he get a fright? Was he anxious? Did he think he'd be in trouble? Did he understand or absolutely not understand what he was seeing? You know, I think you have to sit with him and say, look, it doesn't matter how it got there, you saw it and because you've seen it, we need to have a chat about it. And I think when you say, you know, you do, you want to talk to him but you don't want him thinking you're accusing him, just say that. Say that at the st- exactly like that. Say, I need to talk to you about this, but I don't want you thinking I'm accusing you because I do believe you. Just name that up front and then park it and don't think about that again. But 
children who have a smart device have access to pornography. So these conversations are not avoidable. And anyone whose young child has a device does need to be vigilant and aware of this. And I think talking about things like this in a proactive way is just as important. Don't wait for it to go, oh, goodness, now I have to. I can't avoid it anymore. Try to do it proactively and talk about sex with him in a calm, matter of fact way, but also explain that what he has seen, that porn is not the same as sex because porn is acting. And these are actors. And I think you really want to get that across to him as well. And that these are actors acting in films or footage that is never intended for children to look at. It is for adults. And that's why he's not supposed to be looking at it and neither are his friends and you don't want him watching it again. Mm. And then really broaden that conversation out into consent, respect, boundaries, because I don't know the nature of what was on his iPad, but so much of freely accessible porn that children, young people do access is rarely ethical produced material. It tends to be freely accessible, free to access it can be violent, it can be aggressive, it can be very exploitative. So you really do want to ensure you're talking about consent, respect and body boundaries and that, you know, no sexual act should be hurting somebody else and that it is about pleasure and enjoyment, but it has to be mutually agreed. So I think you're going to be growing this conversation up. This might be the first time you have it. It won't be the last time. But I would suggest to you that you practice it in your own head, practice it out loud with your partner or with a friend or family member that you can say, okay, I need to say this. So the first time I say it isn't with my child. And don't forget to give him plenty of time to talk as well, that you can also move into listening. Because if he has seen it or if his friends are watching it and they're talking about it, he may know more than you actually think he does. Mm. And we do know that young children are seeing pornography like you, it, this age varies. But as young as nine years old is often a stat that's used in research. Um, and between nine and 12, we know that a lot of them are seeing pornography. Crikey. That's I know, a, I know. Yeah. The and, and for, like for people listening who are thinking, yeah, I should have that conversation. I, I suppose there might be a worry that um, if I have that conversation with them, then they'll go, really? Uh, and, and you're <laughs> piquing their interest rather than, you know, uh, um, kind of warning them in advance. Well, I think it's why you do put in that this is not for children and they're not. And that's why it's important as an adult, because some of this can come up on YouTube pop ups, things that they're not e that you're like, I know you're not even searching for it. But because I know it can pop up, that's why I check your device. You know, I do it in a really helpful way for you. I'm doing you a favor. Checking your device is the way you want to put this across. But you are putting across that you will be checking the device and that actually if you see anything when you're online that worries you or scares you or frightens you or gives you any kind of uh-oh feeling that doesn't feel right, you will never be in trouble for bringing that to me and mm. letting me know you've seen it. What's important is you let me know. You will not be in trouble for having seen something by accident. I can always help you with that. So and just make sure your parent blockers and things like that are there. But, you know, look at you know, with the best will in the world, a lot of this can get through those filters as well. And a lot of children can get through and buy those filters as well. Yeah. Joanna, thanks a million as ever. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.